Good evening, everybody. This is Darius Asemi with GVR. Welcome to Unfiltered. And Darius, good to see you. Dr. Kerbasi. Good to see Doctor. All right. Uh, there you go, <laughs> Doctor. Uh, coming to you live from Fresno, California. The beautiful, great weather, Fresno. Things are going to cool off soon. You know, I've been here all my life, and the heat never, never ceases to amaze me. My goodness, it's hot. <laughs> yes. Let's put up that poll we did, um, which was uh, a few days ago. Does this Fresno heat make you want to move to Arizona, as an example? Results are being tabulated right now, folks. Okay, we have a technical difficulty. The, uh, the poll is behind me, but we can't get it on the screen. Chad, how are we doing on the, on the poll? Okay, while he's doing that, we're going to skip to a last item. No, I'm kidding. Next, the temperature. Things are cooling off, Mike. Are you excited about that? I'm excited about being less than 100, sure. I'm, okay. just, I'm not, not excited about my PG&E rates because it's expensive to have that AC on. Because we're going to talk about PG&E and who's actually responsible or who, who can you talk to or email to make sure your PG&E bill is not going to go up or is not going to be what uh, the CPUC wants. Did we get that poll back up? Okay, let's put the poll up. There we go. Okay. Majority of folks do not want to move to Las Vegas. You know what's funny about this, Darius? Yeah. Every summer, I think to myself when it gets hot, and I was in Santa Cruz yesterday, I think to myself, yeah. oh man, one of these days I'm going to buy a place in Shaver, I'm going to buy a place somewhere else, I'm going to save up and do that. Yeah. It's only when it gets hot. That's right. Yeah. So. But here, but it's a dry heat. Dry heat, thank goodness, at least for yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about PG&E bills. Let's uh, put up. Was that Mayor Swearingen? Go back to that graphic. Go back. No, we had it. Uh, That's her. Is that Mayor Swearingen? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Downtown, huh? There we go. Okay. Um, PG&E bills. What is a PG&E bill going to be? How much is it going to go up? Uh, it, okay. PG&E. I'm sorry. The CPUC yep. is looking at increasing rates based on your PG&E bill, based on how much money you make. So there's going to be standard flat fee, and the more money you make, the more your PG&E bill. So over 180000 let's put that graphic back up. I'm going to actually do it right here. So you make over $180,000, you're going to be paying 92 bucks a month as a flat minimum fee. If you make 69000 it's going to be $51. There we go. Now we can see it. So you're going to make, pay 51, and if you're under 28,000, uh, you're 15 bucks a month. So it's a small subsidy. It's kind of like the progressive tax system, which is so frustrating. If it was flat across the board, it might be more easy to, to people, yeah. people to understand because you're still going to get a care discount. What PG&E has to do, the advantage of this program is it stops, theoretically, we're no longer punished. But the people in coastal communities, like Santa Cruz, where I was at yesterday, who don't use a lot of their electricity, they're not paying their fair share of fixed costs. Actually, before we go there, we're going to go to yeah. uh, this slide. Eight. Okay. Yeah, the only downside is, yeah, you're punishing people for, for success, especially the middle class. And that's unfair. So Nancy Price <clears> at <throat> GBY did a great article 
uh, which that's the cover of the article. Uh, fixed electricity charges coming to California. How much you pay based, is based on your income. So check out that article. So now, who is going to ultimately make a decision on what these things are, how much of this, this is going to get become impact, uh, affected, rolled out, and how much of it uh, you're going to end up paying is the five members of the California Public Utilities Commission. And we're going to put that slide up next. And here are the esteemed folks that are going to make that decision. We've talked about it for several weeks. Several of you have asked, <clears throat> who do we contact? How do we make our voices heard? Is it the governor? Is it the members of the legislature? But actually, it's the members of the California Public Utilities Commission. And here's uh, the name of those folks plus their email addresses. So you can actually uh, contact them if you want it. This list is also going to be published. Actually, it is published uh, on gvwire.com. So go to the website and, and take a look at uh, the folks that will ultimately make, make, make this decision. We don't know when that's going to happen. Is it the next few weeks or next few months? Uh, we don't know that yet. You know, I'm really glad that, again, we're showing this, and I'll tell you why. Because whenever people get frustrated, I mean, it's easy to blame the utility, whether it's PG&E or Southern California Edison, but, or the legislature, but it becomes ping pong. Well, it's not me, it's the utility. It's not me, it's the CPUC. But the reality is, these are unelected people. I think if they were elected, they'd, be, they, they, they'd decide things very differently. And ironically, I don't see a lot of diversity up there. I don't see someone from the community on there that's someone that you know, comes from maybe someone that's more impacted by these things. That's very, it's kind of ironic that we, we try to make everything so inclusive in every, every other board, but the CPUC, okay. I don't see that there. What's okay. that all about? Let's put 11 up. Uh, so this is uh, as a result of Bill Assembly Bill 205, AB 205, which was passed on June of 2022, mm -hmm. Mike, uh, over a year ago. So the final, the, but the CPUC will make the final approvals by mid-2024 or potentially earlier. We don't know. So if you want to uh, make a difference, this is your chance to contact your members, the members of the California Public Utilities Commission, and there's a, there's a list, and it is on uh, gbwire.com's uh, main page. Those commissioners need to feel the heat, just like we are in Fresno right now. That's right. Got to reach out to them. So we're going to go to guns and ammo. Let's Unless you want to talk about PG&E anymore. Hey, anything with the city of Fresno? No, not so no, we, we decided not to uh, do that study they wanted to do to create their own utility. I think it was very futile to waste a couple hundred thousand dollars on a study that goes, goes nowhere. There study go. everything, Darius. That's, study to death. That's right. It's another study. So. Cam Malloy, it would be great to know if there would be any local hearings. There usually are. If there are, please post that on GVWare. We'll track that down. Cam, mm. if you're watching this, uh, please... Uh, check that out. You, you, you did work for pg and &E. You were on the show uh, last week, uh, last couple of weeks. So if you can alert us at GVWire as well, that would be great. Um, so, but we're going to move to guns and ammo. There's an 11% gun and ammo tax uh, moving through the state of California. So we did an article on that. Uh, Brian Phelps did the article. Uh, let's put that up. Yeah, there we go. There, that's what a typical ammo looks like. For it looks like a nine millimeter hollow point. Um, so there's a ta eleven percent proposed tax above the federal tax uh, on guns. Um, so that's coming. Looks like it's uh, going through. 
getting closer to becoming signed into law if it hasn't already. So you heard it here, folks. Uh, then let's move on to <clears throat> education. And we have uh, a video to share with you. The state superintendent of public education, K-12, through uh, Tony Thurman. I believe he was a senator before he became a, a, ran and, and got elected to that position. Uh, he got booted out of a school board uh, because of LGBTQ debate. So let's uh, play that video real quick. Tony Thurman, I appreciate you being here tremendously. But here's the problem. We're here because of people like you. You're in Sacramento proposing things that pervert children. You had Oops. Tony Thurman, I appreciate you being here tremendously. But here's the problem. We're here because of people like you. You're in Sacramento proposing things that pervert children. You had a chance to come and talk to me, Tony. By all means, you had a chance to come talk to me. Why was it so important for you to walk with my opponent? You are the very reason why we're in this. May, may I have, as a point of order, as the board point of order, this is not your meeting. You may have a seat, because if I did that to you in Sacramento, you would not accept it. Please sit. I get a point of order? You're not going to blackmail us. You already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things. You will, not, you will not bully us here in Chino. Please see. Point of order. In Chino. Point We're going to take order. a five-minute break. Do we have any of the clips uh, where he made his presentation, Chad? The noises removed themselves, and I don't want to have to remove. Okay, we should let's let's get that up on GB Wire. Let's we need his presentation of what actually he talked about, uh, which is you know about uh, books being available, uh, a particular book that had. Um, a picture of one of the first openly gay members of the legislature, I believe. And those books were coming to uh, all, I guess all the schools um, by the state ed code. And Chino said, no, we're not going to take those. So um, I think that's what it was either this school or, um, you know, that may have been Tim. No, I'm sorry. This is that was Timacula. This was a case where the school board voted for parents to be notified if their children going to school decided that, hey, I identify as a different sex that I actually am. And um, so they passed that. Uh, that got passed, I think, four to one. And uh, Tony Thurman was there to uh, make sure parents don't get notified. Any comments on that? <clears throat> Let me see. We don't have any comments on from on our uh, Facebook live feed. I look forward to seeing the whole video. But one thing I saw, and I've been in a lot of these board meetings, um, 
forget the context of whatever we're talking about. I can't stand politicians like that person that was talking at the school board. A, you're leaving a terrible example for kids. B, you read between the lines. She was mad that he met with her opponent. Things like that. It's all about ego. And then she's just being so rude and disruptive. He was, from what I saw in the video, I don't agree with him always, but he's very respectful, very proper. And for her to act that way, we don't need people like this in office, but it is what it is. We'll okay. see. <clears throat> okay, next, uh, let's move on to a couple of other local uh, issues. Senator Hurtado, state Senator Hurtado, is going to take on Congressman Valadeo. Hurtado, a Democrat, is going to take on uh, incumbent member, member of the House of uh, Representatives, uh, Valadeo, Congressman Valadeo. Uh, so is Rudy Salas. Uh, this is a Tulare Kern County seat. And there's the picture. There's the image of them. Any comments on that, Mike? I think it'll be fascinating. I, I think that Tavertado will be a formidable opponent. About 95% of her district is in, encompasses the congressional <clears throat> district, so there's a lot of overlap there. I think she'll be a lot stronger than Mr. Salas. I mean, he did get a shellacking. But at the same time, Congressman Valadeo, whether you like him or not, votes his district, and he overwhelmingly gets support. He's so underestimated by people. I think he's going to be very difficult to unseat. Yeah. And Kevin McCarthy's going to put a lot of money in that race. That's true. Out of the, all the Republicans uh, in office, if I, my numbers are correct, there's two that voted to impeach the president. And only two are left. Uh, out of, I'm sorry, out of the, all, the, right. all the ones voted, only two are left, and the Congressman Valadeo is one of them. I think specifically Kevin McCarthy interceded in that and got Trump to back off and not fund any uh, negative campaigning against him. That's so, right. Yeah. And, um, but he votes, like you said, he votes his district. Right. And the speaker and, is, I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and he has a 20% plus um, disadvantage. disadvantage on the registration Democrats over Republicans in his district. Yeah. And he still won. Very tough, very tough race. Yeah. I think when you look at Hurtado's record on farming, on water rights, I mean, she's been very, she's a strong, moderate Democrat. And I think that uh, when it comes to those things, I think that's going to be formidable. I think a lot more than Mr. Salas. We'll yeah. See. Let's go to what's uh, going to be exciting on the presidential front. Uh, Senator Manchin uh, is looking at coming in as a third party. Uh, to run for president. So, well, how interesting, though, as a, he's a Democrat, but it would erode Trump's support. Yeah, he's a conservative Democrat. He's a conservative Democrat, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, blue dog. That's right. Um, you know, I, I would have thought Robert Kennedy would have had more support, but they're really trying to paint him as this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, yeah. pariah, which is kind of disappointing. But. It's interesting. And then, um, so depending on... Who runs, actually, on, on any of these uh, uh, platforms? Uh, one is going to erode Trump, and the other one is going to erode Biden, right. uh, Biden support. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Cam Malloy, I wish I could vote for Valadeo, but it is in my district. I like both, but I really like and respect Congressman Valadeo. Okay. Good point. Um, let's see. This one? Mike, yeah, why don't you, yeah. Why don't you take on the uh, city of Fresno preps lawsuit 
challenging counties CEMEX extension. Why don't, you, why don't you take that on, Mike? Sure. So I attended last week's uh, Board of Supervisors meeting. Basically, long story short, there is a very large production of uh, gravel and aggregate that we extract from uh, close to our river on the Fresno side, of the side and that is CMEX. The other side of Madera, there's Vulcan. And we use that material to build our roads, to build shopping centers, use it for housing projects. And instead of having to truck it from somewhere else, we have it here locally. And that makes a huge difference. So right now... CMEX is considering digging a 600-foot pit you've heard about to have a new, um, increase their operations. And to do that, they have to do an environmental impact report. Uh, they're in the process of, of doing that. In the meantime, the city of Fresno, uh, because CMEX is trying to get an extension for their current permit with the county, their, their current uh, uh, agreement is about to expire. The county, uh, uh, the county Planning Commission and county board voted to extend for a period of three years the current EIR and current permit so they can continue to do their work. The city has taken issue with that, um, and the position is there may be a lawsuit. We'll see what happens. But the real issue is, and what I've encouraged CMEX to do, and I did this publicly at the meeting, is go meet with the city. I think we have some legitimate concerns. Our concern is the, the use of Fryant, not just by CMEX. But here's what was interesting. You've got the developers and the building community on one side saying, don't do this. Don't increase the price of raw materials because our customers will pay more because we, we, we can't take those costs. And you have the Teamster drivers and you have operating engineers. <laughs> and they're joining them saying, hey, these are really good jobs. You're being hasty. Don't shut this place down because they, they have to shut it down within a week or two. Uh, and then we're, we're going to have to end up importing more aggregate, more materials, which hurts the environment and uses more roads. So I don't really quite understand uh, what overall the city is trying to do. But I do, I do agree that it would be really smart for CMX and I, I spoke to them last week about this, meet with the city, and let's come up with some kind of plan where we can mitigate the effect you have on our public roads, because we have to take care of our taxpayers too. And That's they true. are eating up uh, Fryant Road a lot. So, no point. It's a healthy medium, but we'll see if people are going to be calm or be more like that school, school board member in that city we saw in that video. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, uh, marijuana. Let's talk about mar Fresno okays three marijuana retail stores. Um, and well, one will be near Fresno Fair, but only two are open. Yes. Isn't it 14 approved or some More. number like that? Yeah, 17. so we're going we're gonna to have up to three per council district. Okay. We estimated over $5 million in annual revenue. We've only had two open, but those two have produced 1.7, I believe, which is pretty, <clears throat> or 1.3. It's pretty considerable. Okay. Um, there's never been, from my understanding, any major public safety issues. I was, I'm, I'm still a skeptic on... On legal recreational cannabis, I've been overruled by the voters, the voters in California and in Fresno who ruled me, and I understand that. I just want to make sure these things, when they open, open properly. So far, it's actually gone really well. There have been no major issues, and they've cleaned okay. up the areas they've opened in. Okay. Let's see what happens. In the meanwhile, the underground, the black market is doing well. Yeah. The cities are not opening up enough. So there'll be an announcement soon. I can't talk publicly yet, but there's going to be some movement on that uh, by the city. Um, yeah, the black market, uh, even in Pinedale, we just shut down an operation called Tiny Trees. And they, oper they operate flagrantly. They don't, they don't pay taxes. They don't have any, you don't know what they're selling you, but people, they, they buy, they, they've been used to black, the black market for these materials, but they eat up our tax base. We have to address Is it a store that's actually open? Delivery service. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But okay. we have to, but they were based in Pinedale. We have to be very, we have to aggressively go after them because here they're, they're robbing the taxpayer. That's okay. what they're doing. All right. 
Okay, how about a video, a very cool video of uh, Frank Dam. This is great. That uh, Jaws and Chad, our own team, shot. Yeah, we're going to play that for you right now. Very cool video. Thanks to Jaws and Chad uh, for getting capturing that with permission, by the way. Uh, I believe it was Bureau of Reclamation. Is that correct, Chad? Yeah. Bureau of Reclamation gave us credit, uh, permission, and I think the copy of this video is going to be found, could be found on their site. Okay, uh, what else do we got? Uh, last item to discuss is uh, medical school grows to 500 students That's here huge. in, not Fresno, but Clovis, California. Could have, could have been Fresno if the city could have screwed been. up. Down, downtown Fresno was looking at it, but they, three things. They would not indemnify the school uh, if against lawsuits from folks that, want, that don't want to see growth or development yeah. or demolition or any older buildings. They, they wouldn't, the uh, city wouldn't bring the infrastructure the area. Uh, you see why it's so important we got that quarter billion dollar grant and some people are complaining about it but the reality is it's very expensive to take a place that has a hundred year old water main and develop it. I mean can you imagine that the change it would be for downtown having that huge uh, and imagine you have a piece of property with two small homes on it mm -hmm. and you go gosh this is a very precious property we want to put a 10-story building with you know 300 units apartments mm -hmm. condos offices the water demand and the sewer right. supply is going to be substantially more than those two homes. Yep. So you need the infrastructure to support that if you want to actually revitalize and grow the downtown. Absolutely. So, Very short-minded of us. Yeah. Uh, so the medical school, which is in Clovis, California. Do we have, do we have a video on this we too? This. Let's play a brief video. Hi, my name's Naomi, uh, Naomi Hematilica, and I'm here to uh, attend orientation and begin my journey to being a physician. I'm most interested in gynecology, women's health. I'm not sure how my mind is gonna, going to change, but right now, uh, women's health is what I'm most interested in. My whole life, I've sort of wanted to be a doctor, and I really felt that there was a need um, for physicians and for people that really care about um, the Central Valley community. I always knew I wanted to be here in the Central Valley because uh, um, I've moved around my whole life and the Central Valley is one place that really feels like home to me. Prior to that, um, I learned about CHSU through my dad. 
Um, and I thought it was so amazing that they were building this medical school here in the valley, so close to home. Hi, my name is Brett Hughes and I'm from Fresno, California. I've worked as a registered nurse for multiple years, some actually at Valley Children's Hospital. But I've really found my passion in pediatric mental health and have worked as a nurse uh, in Peds Mental Health for the last six and a half years. And in those moments, caring for patients, I've identified that this is, this is who I am, this is what I'm meant for. And this is home. Fresno Clovis area is where I'm from, it's where my family's from, and, and I've just uh, seen throughout the course of the COVID-19 pandemic that um, those needs have only grown. And what uh, the pandemic did was really highlight the need for pediatric mental health nationwide. And so I'm so excited to be here um, at CHSU in order to uh, come back, be trained, uh, hopefully become a pediatric psychiatrist and serve the needs of the Central Valley. How cool is that? 500 students in a Clovis Medical School, it's a game changer. That's, that's a game changer, game changer. for You're exactly right, Mike. Absolutely. You know, I'll give you an example. So I'm turning 40 this year, and you know, all my family relatives, they're aging. So you think about, we have a big geriatric population here. You know how hard it was for me to find a neurologist in yeah. Fresno? I had to go to San Francisco for it. So these specialists are important. You talked about the nurse who has a lot of medical experience now wants to be a pediatric psychiatrist. It's huge. It's a, it's a specialty, and we keep that. It becomes a, higher, a person earning more money, special skills, and that actually elevates our tax base, elevates everything. And it provides, 100%. That's, that's, yeah. You know how expensive it is to import that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, your home. Some of the hospitals, when they recruit folks to come here, other, other physicians, they have to have massive signing bonuses, 100,000 yeah. plus. Uh, I'm actually going to go back to slide 21. Let me see if I can put that up. Um, so <clears throat> we didn't discuss it. We actually, we, I skipped it. Senator Manchin would, could take a, support, a road support for uh, Donald Trump, ex-President Trump. And Cornell West, if he does run, uh, I think he's going to Green Party, uh, he, who's a progressive philosopher and social activist, he would erode uh, support for uh, President Biden. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Well, it only takes so much. I mean, Ralph Nader just took a couple points off, and then you had President Bush over President Gore. So it doesn't right. take a whole lot from the Green Party. We've That's seen right. that before. That's right. Um, the Manchin thing surprises me, though. The fact that he would take away Trump's support. He's um, a conservative, mm -hmm. and, and he blocked several progressive left-wing uh, bills yep. and tax hikes. So he's got a lot of support amongst moderate Republicans. But I think he'd pull yeah. Democrats, too. I, I think I there are totally a lot of Democrats that. that are not happy with the direction things That's are going right. in, and I think he'd pull That's them, right. too. Yeah. Uh, last item, 26. Looks, California looks to, to beavers for a help with water issues and wildfires. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, the legislators can't do crap. So yeah, well, of course. Uh, no, I was surprised, Darius. It was a yeah. great article that was featured in GV Wire. I didn't realize that we used to have 100 to 200 million beavers across the country. Now we're down to 10 to 15 million. So uh, they've been basically culled by landowners. And they're thinking, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe there's a natural, it's the best way to get a natural dam. That's what's more environmental than that. Let's dam the water and use beavers to do it. <laughs> there you go. I mean, come on. Exactly. So that's what it takes. It's just to get a bunch of beavers up the temperance flat.
Yeah, we'll go up there. <laughs> there we go. A couple of uh, comments. Uh, let's see. Inga uh, Schlegel said, so awesome. I'm assuming that's referring, she's referring to the 500 students at a local medical school, the California Health Sciences University. Uh, Robert Wharton had a couple of comments. Did they do AIR on the pot stores? And look at all the rock it took to build the dam. I wonder where it all came from. Yeah, hopefully yeah. local. Sure. Uh, Better for the environment that way, using local. 100%. Less vehicle miles traveled, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask the audience before we wrap up, uh, how does this format look to you guys? So we basically cover a multitude, multitude of issues uh, briefly, and we wrap up in about 30 minutes or less. Uh, although it sounds like either next week or the week after, we're going to have some blockbuster um, folks joining us. And at some point over the next couple of months, we're hoping to get the Speaker of the Assembly, State of California, to come down, who is from Salinas, by the way, to kind of tell us about what his agenda is and where he sees the State Assembly going. Somebody put a note uh, on, um, is it here, uh, John LaFay put in, Taxifornia strikes again. I think that's on the taxes Gun, on yeah. guns and ammo. Um, does anyone, Inga, does anyone have an update on the status of high-speed rail or the low-speed they are doing this? Will have this train be out of date by the time it finishes? Well, I think by the time it finishes, uh, which could be next century, uh, it's possible. But right. well, no, hold on. I heard that it's going to connect uh, Madeira or Merced, I'm sorry, Merced to either Shafter yes. or, or Bakersfield well, here in the, the next few years. The other hope is, I know this isn't a, a necessarily a win, but there's, they're also working on connecting what's called the ACE train from Merced to yeah. San Jose. So there will be a benefit there, but in reality, this is going to work. I, I think we'll get the high-speed rail train from LA to Vegas before we get this one. That, I think I, we haven't even started that one yet. That I think will happen. Let me end by saying this, and I know you can't change the $10 billion original bond. Most of it is spent and, and the program, but if they took the money, and I've said this for maybe a decade, if they took the money that we, uh, that we put in high-speed rail and just beefed up Amtrak, to get it to go to 85 or 100 miles an hour, we could get people across this state much faster and extend the Amtrak lines. That would never work. You know why? Because that's logical and reasonable yep. and affordable. California doesn't, we don't do things like that. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, that, no. that actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah. The infrastructure is there. I, I, I really think one of the things in looking into this, property uh, project management, you know a lot more about this than I do, how important that is. If they had let Caltrans run the project instead of, I don't know how Governor... Uh, Brown did it, but they had the wrong people cooking in that kitchen, and they wasted so much taxpayer dollars. Time, money, resources, oh, yeah. I mean, design. They're, they're doing much better now. There's a much better team uh, that's involved with the High-Speed Rail Commission, but it's, it's just a shame that it wasn't Caltrans doing it. It might be yeah. done by now. So, yeah, okay. a lot of money was made. And with that, I think it's going to be a wrap for us. Thank yeah. you, everybody, for uh, joining us tonight. We hope to see you next Tuesday with another uh, blockbuster uh, issue of uh, Unfiltered. Again, coming to you live from Fresno, California. This, this beautiful Fresno, California. We're going to enjoy the nice weather. It'll be cooler coming. next time. Cooler. Yes, indeed. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Good night. night.